The woman was laying at Jesus' feet, and Jesus asked her, what kind of question? Where are your accusers? Do you have any? She said, no. And he said, well, I don't condemn you either. Go and sin no more. So I was going to have my students come up and do their verses, but there's so many of them missing. Um, I think we'll wait, which is kind of sad because it was supposed to take up more time so I don't have to talk as long, and so now i got to figure out how to make this go longer. So anyways, we'll figure this out. So um, on January 1st, 1863, the President of the United States, then um, Abraham Lincoln, signed an edict proclaiming that the slaves of the Confederate States were free. What he signed was called the Emancipation Emancipation Proclamation. 2,000 years ago, God signed our Emancipation Proclamation on a cross just outside Damascus Gate in Jerusalem when his son went to die for our sins. Anyone from that time forward could have freedom from their slavery. The edict was signed by Jesus' blood. That's when he started saying, go and sin no more. And I don't condemn you. So, Romans 8 is where I'll be out of this morning. Now this chapter, it starts with saying no condemnation and ends with there is no separation. So verse 1 says in Romans 8, there is therefore no condemnation to them which are in Christ Jesus, who not walk after the flesh, but after the spirit. And then if you go to verse starting in verse 35, it says, who shall separate us from the love of Christ? Shall tribulation or distress or persecution or famine or nakedness or peril or sword? As it is written, for thy sake we are killed all the day long we are accounted as sheep for the slaughter nay in all these things we're more than conquerors though him that loved us for I am persuaded that neither death nor life nor angels nor principalities nor powers nor things present nor things to come nor height nor depth nor any other creature shall be able to separate us from the love of God which is in Christ Jesus our Lord So he starts out by saying there's no condemnation to those that are in Christ Jesus. And he ends by saying there's no separation. We cannot be separated from Christ if we are in him. The the therefore in verse 1 takes us back a few verses to verse 24 in chapter 7. Now chapter 7 paints a really dark picture of humanity. Um, It's Paul saying how how sinful he is and how bad he's messed up and and how bad humanity is messed up. And he's like, what are we going to do? It's um, verse 24. It says, Oh, wretched man that I am, who shall deliver me from this body of this death? So it's like Paul was carrying around some dead carcass with him. And he's like, how can I get rid of this? What can I do? Um, He refers to the body of death as as the old nature, the nature he was born with, the nature that we were all born with. The nature separated us from the God, the nature that believes still have the fight um, for the new nature. So we're born with the nature of sin. We all are born sinful people. 
and without God were completely hopeless. Um, Verse 25 in chapter 7 says, I thank God through Christ Jesus our Lord. So then with the mind I myself serve the law of God, but with the flesh the law of sin. So in verse 24 he says, there's just no hope. Oh wretched man that I am, what can I do? And verse 25 he answers it. I thank God through through Jesus Christ our Lord. So as soon as he, he says there's no hope, he says, hey, here's the answer. So back to verse 1. Notice that it doesn't say there's no failure for those who are in Christ Jesus. It also doesn't say there's no mistakes. It also does not say there's no consequences because if, if you sin in a certain area, and you can bear a temporal consequence for it. So if we turn to John chapter 5 John chapter 5 verse 24 it says verily verily I say unto you he that heareth my word and believeth on him that sent me hath everlasting life and shall not come into con- condemnation but his path from death into life. So, do you believe in Jesus and the one who Jesus was sent by? So, this is for you. This is, this is talking to the people that believe in Jesus and believe who Jesus was sent by. There's, there's a belief out there um, that a lot of Christians say that if you get sick or something bad happens to you, that God's punishing you. And I'm not sure where exactly that comes from, but the God I serve says there is therefore no condemnation to those that walk in Christ Jesus. And God's not going to make us sick or do something bad to us because we fail and we mess up. Because we're all sinners. So, and um, back to Romans 8. Verses uh, 2, 3, and 4. For the law of the spirit of life in Christ Jesus hath made me free from the law of sin and death. For what the law could not do, in that it was weak through the flesh, God sending his own Son in the likeness of sinful flesh, and for sin, condemn the sin in the flesh, that the righteousness of the law might be fulfilled in us who walk not after the flesh, but after the spirit. So, in myself, um, we go from me working, trying to keep from sinning, me trying by myself, there's no, um, you know, just just trying not to sin, trying to live a holy life, trying to follow the law, to we go to no condemnation, and it is Holy Spirit, Holy Spirit, Holy Spirit. It's no more, I got to do this, I got to try, I got to try, I got to try. Now we have a new capacity because of the Holy Spirit. The law Paul is talking about is two different kinds of law. When we think of law, we think of a dictator. We think of the speed limits. We think of king's president. Um, We think of Moses' law. 
it's a law that controls. Now, Paul, the, the, the law Paul was talking about here, the law of the Spirit, it's not the law of Moses, it's not a legal mandate. Um, not a legal requirement. He is speaking about a driving principle. We think about the law of gravity. It's not like the Constitution wrote gravity into existence. It's not like it's gravity is here because it's a law in our country. Um, we think of uh, Coulomb's law of electric static or electric magnetic force. So there's an impulse in us naturally, a principle that drives us to do wrong. That's our sinful nature. Um, so that is the idea of the law that Paul's talking about, this driving principle within us that's, that's driving us to do wrong because of our sinful nature. In verse 3, Paul is talking about the law of Moses. So God gave the law, but the law could not fix me. The law cannot fix us. There's nothing wrong with the law. The problem is with me. So there's a law there. There's nothing wrong with the law. But the problem is I can't follow the law by myself. I can't do it. We, we don't have the capacity to do it in, in ourselves. Um, so the, the law is unable to fix me. The law could point out that I had a problem. It could say, hey, look, it, you got this problem because this is what the law says. Um, the law, like a mirror, could point out, point out that I'm dirty, but the law itself cannot cleanse me. So if we go down to verse um, 5, For they that are after the flesh do mind the things of the flesh, but they that are after the Spirit the things of the Spirit. For to be carnally minded is death, but to be spiritually minded is life and peace. Because a carnal mind is enmity against God, for it is not subject to the law of God, neither indeed can be. So then, they that are in the flesh cannot please God. So we have different biological drives within us. We have the drive to breathe. We have the drive to eat, drink, water. We have a sex drive that God has given everyone. And there is nothing wrong with any of that. But if any of these laws control us, that's when they become problematic. In verse 9, it says, And if Christ be in you, the body is dead because of sin, but the spirit is life because of righteousness. That is talking about the new me, the new, the, the, the new you, when we invite the Holy Spirit into us and we become a new person in Christ. Our flesh no longer needs to control us. The flesh is dead because of the spirit. So in verses 10 and 11, it says, And if Christ be in you, the body is dead because of sin, but the spirit is life because of righteousness. But if the spirit of him that raised up Jesus from the dead dwell in you, he that raised up Christ from the dead shall also quicken your mortal bodies by his spirit that dwelleth in you. So now we are changed. We want to serve God and we want to please God because we have the Holy Spirit within us. We have a new desire, but not only do we have a new desire to please God, we have the capability to serve him. When we, when we didn't have him in our lives, when we weren't born-again believers, we were trying by ourselves. It was like in chapter 7, it was I, 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 I. 
And then it changed to Holy Spirit, Holy Spirit, Holy Spirit. We have the capability to serve him. It is a total change and transformation within us. God gives us, gives us the ability to serve him, to walk with him, and to enjoy him. We can enjoy being in God's presence, having him within us. To be holy, the purpose of the Spirit is to be holy. But isn't it to make us happy? I mean, that's why we're Christians, right? Isn't that why we follow the Lord? Because then we could be happy and get stuff and be blessed and be rich. And I mean, come on, guys. Am I not thinking right here? It is... The reason we want to be holy is because we could serve God. And if we're serving God and are in God, I guarantee you that God will give you the ability to have a joyous life. And if you're in God and you're serving him, you will be happy. We don't do it to be happy and to be wealthy and to live good lives. We do it because we want to serve God. And if we're serving God and that's all we're focused on, you're going to be happy. Live to serve and please God. So, verse, let me see. Ended on 12. I think I'm going to read down to verse 17. Therefore, brethren, therefore, therefore, brethren, if we are debtors not to the flesh, to live after the flesh. For if we live after the flesh... We shall die, but the, if we through the Spirit do mortify the deeds of the body, we shall live. For as many as are led by the Spirit of God, for they are the sons of God. For ye have not received the spirit of bondage, again to f- fear, but we, ye have received the spirit of adoption, whereby we cry, Abba, Father. Isn't that great? God is our Father. It is not just some dictator king out there that's looking down with us with a big stick and as soon as we mess up he's going to start hitting us on the head he's our father and he loves us very much the spirit itself beareth witness for our spirit that we are the children the children of God and if children then hairs hairs of God and joint hairs with God if so be that we suffer with him that we may also be glorified together so then if we go down to verse 35 again, I'm going to just read that one more time because it is, it's very, very profound. Who shall separate us from the love of Christ? Shall tribulation or distress or persecution or famine or nakedness or peril or sword? As it is written, for thy sake we are killed all the day long. We are accounted as sheep for the slaughter. Nay, in all these things we are more than conquerors through him that loved us. For I am persuaded that neither death, nor life, nor angels, nor principalities, nor powers, nor things present, nor things to come, nor height, nor death, nor any other creature shall be able to separate us from the love of God, which is in Christ Jesus our Lord. 
Feed, feed, feed the spirit. Do not feed the flesh. Thank you.